So I, I invite you to turn to, to the book of Luke, chapter 10 tonight. There's a little handout on your table you're welcome to grab. This year, we're going to start with a, a series entitled Essentials for Families. If you've recently been through the membership class at Countryside, in one of those classes, you heard a brief overview of what the elders have, have labeled for our church the essentials, the, the spiritual priorities that should characterize every believer in our church as a whole. You know, when, when we think of, of parenting, there's a lot of different mediums that are seeking to influence parents today, aren't there? A, a lot of, of different messages that can try to shape what parents do and how parents do it. You know, our, our kids um, are from age 13 to age 20. My wife, Christy, is, is back there. And uh, our, our girls grew up in kind of the early days of the mommy blogs that were, that, that were growing, where it was like, you know, there's, there's um, I think I saw a statistic, I don't know if it's accurate, that there's probably over 3 million such blogs on the, on the website. You're not going to read all of them, but mom sharing thoughts and, and ideas and things can be a, a help um, in, uh, in a lot of ways. Social media posts are another influence now where there's, you know, so many folks who are trying to influence and, and share thoughts, you know, whether that's how to build a better bunk bed or make a healthier mac and cheese. Again, good, good things that can be uh, helpful to us. You know, YouTube, if you just Google, like, parenting YouTube, you'll find link after link to, like, the 20 YouTube channels you need to subscribe to today. You know, there's traditional media, news articles, and reports about what's best for um, your kid's development or health. Peer interaction shapes our thinking, whether that's, you know, waiting in line to pick up kids and somebody's talking about what their kids are involved in, and you're like, ooh, our kids aren't involved in that. We should probably think about that. Or, or whether that's in-laws and their subtle or maybe not so subtle suggestions or expectations for your family. You know, all those can be helpful. You can find great information and insight and, and ideas from those things, but um, all of them can also be overwhelming to us as parents, can't they? Particularly newer parents who are trying to figure out what should our life and our family look like. You have all this noise that's going on telling you this is important, this is what you should be doing, how you should be engaging with your kids or, or tools to that end. And in the midst of all that noise, it's easy to become disoriented. It's easy to lose sight of what is most important for your family. You know, is it better to build a better bunk bed or a clothes storage thing? Is it better to go to the park or spend more time making, you know, food from scratch? And, you know, frankly, parents today can spend all their time watching YouTubes and reels and reading posts that they neglect even just engaging in the actual work of parenting. And so this fall, we want to step back a little bit from the specifics of what the Bible teaches about parenting. If you weren't with us last year, we, we studied through a number of passages that speak to that directly. You can also go online and listen to, uh, uh, to that series. You can listen to our parenting class that we offer periodically here at Countryside to get a more formal overview of parenting. But we want to step back and, and consider this year what is essential in our lives and that of our families. You know, as I mentioned, this flowed out of, of uh, a discussion our elders had um, a number of years ago at an elders retreat, just trying to identify what are the spiritual priorities that should characterize every individual in our church. 
those things that strengthen our devotion to Christ and deepen our love for God and others and, and help us to grow in, in holiness and Christ-likeness. And I hope that it will help you and me to maintain clear priorities in our own lives as parents and as families as we navigate that, because we all need that clarity. Tonight, I just want us to briefly consider an account that reminds us of that need. It's a, a familiar account from Luke chapter 10. It's not a, an account of, of parents or parenting, but just a, a reminder of the, the tendencies of the human heart. Look at Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. It's the account of Mary and Martha when Jesus was a guest in their home. It says, now as they were traveling along, Jesus and his followers, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone, then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part of which shall not be taken away from her. I want us to think first about the common reality of distraction in our lives. You know, Martha is a picture of what is very common for all of us. You know, you can picture her frantically running from thing to thing, distracted from the fact that Jesus is in her home, worried and anxious about so many things. You know, that's, that's maybe not as accurate description of most husbands. They might be more oblivious to things that are going on sometimes. But that's probably a pretty accurate picture of most moms with young children is there's so many things that are going on, so many things to focus on, and that's true for dads as well. You know, when we think about all the different things that could or should go on in our life, all the different roles and responsibilities that God has given us as we have left our parents' home, started our own family, now been given children, and all the responsibilities that go with that. Martha was distracted. She was worried and bothered about so many things. You know, the reality is the season of life with young children will always be busy. You know, people ask me at this season of life in Christie, you know, how does that compare to when your kids were young? I, is it busy? And it's like, it's busy. It's a different busy. It, it's not the frantic, you know, running after children busy. We get to do things like go to the grocery store together without our children. And we get to do things like sit on the couch when they're away from home. And, and so it's not that. It's, it's a different busy. But it's always uh, intense when you're parenting. And that young children's season just has so many moving parts and plates spinning. But we ought not to be distracted in that season from what truly matters. We want to lay a foundation of priorities that will endure in our families. Why do we get distracted? What fuels our distraction? I think we see several clues in this text that can be helpful to us. You know, I think sometimes we get distracted simply because of our personal disposition. You know, the text doesn't give us everything we could know about Mary and Martha, but we see that they were obviously different than one another. Martha is listed first when they're recorded in Scripture. She was probably the oldest. 
you know, more of that classic uh, older child who, who feels the weight of responsibility for things. Notice it says even that it was her house. Uh, Martha welcomed him into her home. Again, she was probably the oldest. And she was clearly a doer. She was one who always could see the next thing that needed to be done and, and should be done and was active in, in fulfilling those tasks. You know, not everybody is, is wired that way, are they? You know, you and your spouse may be, may be different um, than one another. Some are more people-focused and task-focused or more wired to enjoy rest and relaxation. And, you know, our dispositions are not necessarily better or worse. They're just different. And, you know, the reality is you don't have to be like every other mom in this room or every other dad in this room. And, and certainly you don't have to be like the best combination of every mom or dad in this room, which is sometimes the expectation we can feel. But we do need to recognize our tendencies. You know, those tendencies aren't an excuse to neglect what is essential in our lives. They're simply a, a reality of how we're likely to be tempted. You know, for me, I'm more of a task guy, and so it's easy for me to just do stuff and to neglect intentional interaction with my kids or with others. We can be distracted by our personal dispositions. We can also be distracted by our selfish aspirations, by simply what we want and what we care about and desire. You know, it's not clear why Martha was so fixated on these preparations in this text. It's not clear whether her concern was simply for serving Jesus well or whether there were other motives in her heart. You know, it, it does call them her preparations, so clearly she thought they were important and was doing them. But it is clear that she became in this process overly focused on herself. Notice verse uh, 40. Martha goes to Jesus and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. We don't have time to unpack all that's there. Obviously, confronting Jesus for lack of care was not her finest moment. Um, but she's focused on self. She's focused on how others are impacting her and, and the things that she was trying to accomplish. Sometimes we get distracted from what really matters simply because of what we want or how we want others to perceive us, which may have been part of what was going on here in a a third reality that sometimes causes us to be distracted is the cultural expectation. Now, I mentioned Martha was apparently head of this home. It was her home. Maybe she was widowed, again, likely the older sister of Mary, and, and hosting a guest in this case. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and stopped in her house. She invited him in, hosting a guest, and particularly a rabbi in that day, involved a clear set of expectations of what that would look like. Jesus even alluded to this back in Luke chapter 7. You remember when he was in the home of Simon and he was talking to him and he said, Do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she's wet my feet with tears. You gave me no kiss, but she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. Jesus acknowledged there's a right aspect to service. And in that day and age, there were certain expectations of what a host would do for the guest who came into their home. Mary undoubtedly felt that pressure to some degree. You know, her reputation as a, as a hostess was on the line with how she did and 
hosting Jesus. Sometimes it's that pressure from others of what will they think of us that leads us to make certain decisions about what we choose to do or not do as a family that can be a distraction from what is best. But sometimes the distractions are, fourthly, legitimate preparations. You know, Jesus was traveling. He did need a meal and and a place to stay. And, And so there were legitimate needs that Martha was seeking to meet, likely with a a good attitude of desiring to serve her Lord well. But Jesus says you, in the midst of that, in the midst of those good things that she was doing, she missed the best thing. See, it's a sobering thing to think that legitimate things can distract us, that good things can keep us from the best thing. What is the best thing? What was necessary? Notice what Jesus said to her. He said, Martha, Martha, verse 41, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And what was it that Mary had chosen? Look at verse 39. She had been seated seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. We see here the clear priority of devotion Devotion to Christ. Mary was not frantically running around trying to make a meal for Jesus. She wasn't trying to make his bed and get ready for him to to relax for the evening. She was seated at his feet, listening to him teach. She was eager to know him, eager to understand his word. She understood the unique opportunity that was before her. And she said, that's what I want more than anything else. That was the good thing. That was the necessary thing. That was what was essential. And the sobering thing is that Martha missed it. She was focused on other good things, feeling the weight of certain expectations, either that she placed on herself or that others did. And she missed the best thing. She missed the one thing that was necessary. You know, there are a lot of good things you can do and be involved in. There's a lot of good things your kids can do and be involved in. There's an endless list of things and opportunities that are out there. But don't neglect what is essential. Being devoted to Christ, to knowing him and being like him and letting that reality shape what happens in your family. We'll be considering our own devotion to growing in our understanding of of his word in in one of our future studies. But um, I I just want to encourage each of us as we embark on this journey together to to make a real intentional effort to say in the midst of all the noise that's going on, all the things that can consume our focus and attention and good things that can be vehicles even for some of the best things in our life to make sure we are rightly focused on the essentials for our life and family. And so this year, you see on the back there, our current study of the essentials, we're going to work through these core biblical priorities that should define every Christian's life. The essential of, of worship and of Bible study and prayer and fellowship and service and evangelism and 
And we're going to talk about them not just generally for every believer, although we'll do some of that, but also how those things can show up and should show up in uh, our families, especially at the season of life with young children. And what can be some of the challenges to that as we seek to implement these priorities in our home? You know, the reality is all of us need those reminders. If these are familiar thoughts to you, we need to be spurred on and to come back because there's so many things that pull us away and we need to recenter on what God calls us to. And maybe some of those things are not characteristic of your thoughts or your life or your family. We want to work through that. Now, obviously, even in these, there's a prioritization, as we see even in this passage. Service is a good thing. Martha was serving, but she was, was doing so in a, as a substitute for worship and, and understanding the word of Christ. But these spiritual priorities, all of these should be characteristic of your life and of mine. They should be characteristic of our church as a whole, and they should be characteristic of our families. And so we're going to unpack them together in the coming weeks and take time to discuss that together as we seek to practically maintain our focus as we uh, raise our young families. So let's pray as we devote both our night and our study to the Lord, and then we'll go over our small groups and spend some time together there. Father, we're thankful for the clarity of your word and for the clarity of what should be our focus, the Lord Jesus Christ and loving him and being devoted to him, of worshiping him and and learning from him, from his word. And Lord, we do acknowledge that there's so much else that can consume our focus and attention. Lord, just individually in our own lives, there's so many things that can be a distraction from what truly matters. And and in our families, Lord, as we have children and, and seek to parent well and in the midst of a, a world with so many different resources and so many different avenues for things that shape our thoughts, Lord, help us to come back to the clarity of your word as to what should define our families and our homes. I pray that each of the families here would grow in their devotion to Christ and they would grow in the pattern of how that devotion expresses itself in their home as a result of our time together this year. Lord, we look forward to being able to study your word together, being able to talk about it together and, and to spur one another on as we seek to grow in love and, and good deeds together. So we entrust our, the rest of our evening to you. We're thankful for the relationships we can build and, and for the study that we can enjoy together in Christ's name.